Good morning and happy Monday to you. It is April 17th. We're a, week, we're a month out from St. Patrick's Day. Just going the wrong direction. We'll go back to St. Patrick's Day. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, always, always proud to be Irish every day of the year, not just on March 17th. But here we are on April 17th. It's Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. Enough babbling. Let's get to prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, happy Monday to you. You know, as we were getting in the van this morning, me and the the kids, and it was kind of a, you know, there's something different about it already because yesterday we reshuffled. As the kids are growing older, it was time to reshuffle the seating assignments in the van once again. Those of you that have, uh, uh, you know, multiple kids growing at the same time and growing fast, you know what I'm talking about, right? And so we moved the about-to-be-a-teenager words I cannot believe I'm uttering, back up to the middle seat and now we've got three girls in the back seat and they think it's just a party back there um the the good thing is they don't have control of the radio just yet you know i still get to pick all the dance music in the van and uh but as we were loading into the van i said to myself oh it's really bright out i'm glad i have my sunglasses and then i thought wow it's really bright out it's 6 30 in the morning how great is this and that was just absolutely wonderful and it's not like that false one we had a month ago where that all of a sudden boom daylight savings time kicks in and now it's dark again at 6 30 in the morning like no until the fall it's going to be bright when we go out the door in the morning to come to the studio it's going to be absolutely great and i absolutely love it absolutely you know three times i gotta say it you know can't leave that one lingering out there today on the show we are going to be talking with jesse romero jesse's going to be at the st louis marion conference have i mentioned the st louis marion conference i know i have but i'll mention it again a couple times today may 19th through the 21st we're going to be there we're excited about it jesse's going to be there he's going to be on the show today uh, giving us a little preview of what is in store with his talk For our radio listeners, we're also going to hear about the Psalms and the Easter octave that we just concluded yesterday. We are going to hear about the importance of praying before meals, and we are going to hear about the Paschal candle as well. Uh, That's all ahead for our radio listeners on the show today. Before we go to any of that, however, you know the drill. It's beautiful. It's sunshiny. It's a little cold, but I'll take it. I'll take the sunshine and the briskness over dark and brisk. Uh, Let's go to Mike Roberts and find out what today has in store. Today is the feast day of St. Simeon of Seleucia, who was a martyr, and St. Benedict Joseph Lebray. Born in France in 1748, Benedict was the oldest of 15 children whose father was a wealthy shopkeeper. His uncle was a priest and a mentor for Benedict, and in his mid-teens, Benedict sought permission from his parents to become a Trappist monk, but they said he was just too young. Not long after that, there was an epidemic. And Benedict helped his uncle minister to the sick. As the epidemic came to an end, one of its last victims was his uncle. 
He was finally given permission by his parents to become a priest, but found he could not satisfy the academic requirements, so he became a pilgrim, moving from shrine to shrine, begging for what he needed to survive, and at one time being given shelter from the parents of St. John Vianney. When he arrived in Rome, he settled there, leaving once a year to visit the shrine of Our Lady of Loretto. Essentially, Benedict was homeless, finding a place to stay in the Colosseum. He was said to have been able to levitate, bilocate, and perform miracles, at one time multiplying loaves of bread for the other homeless. And he spent as much time as he could before the Blessed Sacrament, becoming known as the poor man of the 40 hours devotion. While praying in the church of Santa Maria al Monte, he collapsed and was taken to a nearby house, where he died on this day in 1783 at the age of just 35. St. Benedict Joseph Labre, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed Friday. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. It's been a while since we've been able to have Jesse Romero with us on Roadmap to Heaven, but it's a treat to say welcome back to the show, Jesse. It's good to talk with you, my friend. Thanks, my friend. Thanks for having me on. Now, you are going to be in St. Louis very soon for the St. Louis Marion Conference, May 19th through the 21st. It's going to be a great weekend. You're giving two talks at the conference, and before we even jump in here, I wonder, could you give us just the three-minute summary of what you're going to be talking about? Yeah, I'm going to be giving two presentations. One is called Why the Devil Fears Mary, and the other one's going to be called Amazing Facts About Our Lady That You Never Knew. All right, I love it. I have a feeling we could probably go for hours just on that topic right there. So let me ask you this. What's one amazing fact about Our Lady that I probably don't know that's going to knock me out of the seat here? Okay, most people know, Catholics and Protestants, that the name Jesus in Hebrew Yeshua means God saves. So you talk to a Protestant, you ask him, hey, what does Jesus mean? It means God saves in Hebrew. Most Catholics know that as well. And so people say, see, the name Jesus, has, it, it says everything you need to know. Well, I tell Protestants and Catholics, well, guess what? The name Mary, also a Hebrew name. It also means something. Really, Jess, what does it mean? Mary is pronounced Miriam. M-I-R-I-A-M. Moses' sister was called Miriam. And so that's a Hebrew name. And I tell people, Catholics and Protestants, if Jesus Christ's name means God saves, what does Mary's name mean in Hebrew? I don't know. Here it is. The word Mary in Hebrew means the exalted one. Ah, the exalted one. The name Mary means in Hebrew, it also means the one Beloved by God. Now, here's something interesting that people don't know. Miriam is not a Hebrew name. It's an Egyptian name. The Jews were slaves for 430 years in Egypt. So the Hebrew women said, wow, what a beautiful name, Miriam. So they took that name and gave it to their daughters. It's etymologically an Egyptian name. So... What does the word medium mean in the Coptic language? It means the cherished one, the beloved one, or the exalted one. So when you look at what Mary's name means in the ancient world, it blows you away. It shows you she's not just like any other woman. 
You know, one of the things that we know about the Blessed Mother, that she's not just like any other woman. And by the way, I didn't know any of that that you just said, that it goes to Miriam, and that goes back to the Egyptians. So there you go. Something amazing I didn't know. But I do know this. You talk about the exalted one. In the scriptures, we hear about how Mary is exalted, especially in the book of Revelation, the foreshadowing. And I remember as a kid growing up at the parish, we had a beautiful statue of Mary, and right there, boom, her foot is on the head of the serpent. And the other talk you're giving, why the devil fears Mary, uh, that's another thing we could talk about for hours. But what's one thing you want to share with us about why the devil fears Mary this morning? I'll make it simple. The devil fears sinlessness. So obviously the devil fears Jesus because he's sinless. The Bible says about Jesus in John 1.14, he is full of grace and truth. So take that. Jesus, John 1.14 he is full of grace and truth. Something interesting, Luke one twenty six. it says the same thing about the Blessed Virgin Mary. The angel Gabriel says, hail, full of grace. Okay, hail, full of grace. So notice, in the 35,187 verses in the Bible, something else you probably didn't know, only two people are called full of grace. Jesus, the Son of God, and the Blessed Virgin Mary. Coincidence? I don't think so. Nobody else, Peter, Paul, James, John, Abraham, Noah, Ezekiel, nobody's called full of grace except, drumroll please, Jesus and Mary. I love it. Jesse, I want to thank you for being with us. I look forward to your time here in St. Louis at the Marian Conference. Again, friends, if you want to register, it's not too late. Go to stlmc.org. That's stlmc.org, May 19th through the 21st, right here in St. Louis. It's going to be a great spiritual event. We look forward to it. God bless you. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere. Who comes? The Word made flesh for me, the Lord who died for me, the love made food for me. He comes. To whom does he come? To one redeemed by him, to one allied with him, to one who longs for him, he comes. Why does he come? To reign upon his throne, to reign supreme alone, to make me all his own, he comes. Oh, I am glad to come to thee, my only rest, to lay my weary head a while upon thy breast, to bring the burden of my grief hither to thee, and feel, O Jesus, Son of Man, thy sympathy. Catechist question today, how many Sundays after Easter does Pentecost take place? How many Sundays after Easter Sunday does Pentecost take place? I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves on the catechism this morning, but if you said seven Sundays, yes, Pentecost takes place on the 50th day, the seventh Sunday after Easter Sunday. Uh, Here's the other thing for you. If you go from the start of Lent, Easter is the seventh Sunday after Ash Wednesday, and so you have, well, you got that going on. Pentecost, the seventh Sunday after Easter, and Ash Wednesday is the Wednesday Uh, preceding a Sunday that's seven Sundays before Easter. 
So there's uh, some really great, you know, we should have Father Wade on. He loves to talk about the numbers of these things. Speaking of numbers, uh, we have some temperatures that are going to be in some pleasant numbers today. Let's go to Mike Roberts for another check of the weather, and we'll get you the daily dose of encouragement. Prayer for vocations. God, our Father, who wills that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of your truth, we beg you to send laborers into your harvest and grant them grace to speak your word with all boldness so that your word may spread and be glorified and all nations may know you, the only God, and him whom you have sent, Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Our Lady Queen of the Americas and Mary, Mother of the Franciscan Missionaries of the Eternal Word, pray for us. It's a new week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, and with us, as always, is Patty Schneier. Patty, happy Monday to you. Happy Monday, and this week, we are going to unpack a little bit of my new favorite book. And uh, full disclosure, I got the book from here, from Covenant Network, from one of the pledge drives. It was one of the uh, appreciation gifts, and I looked at it, and I had been talking about it all week during the pledge drive, and I said, I really want this book. I really want this book. And this book has been life-changing for me. So what is the book? It's called A Year with the Eucharist by Father Paul Jerome Keller. A Year with the Eucharist. Oh, my goodness. This book... It's a collection of reflections on the Eucharist from sacred scripture, the fathers of the church, saints, devout Catholics, poets, and even hymns. I love it. And it's in response to the USCCB's call for a Eucharistic revival. I'm reading this book slowly. And when I say slowly, I mean not every single day, but very often just a one-page reflection will give me plenty to ponder and journal for an entire holy hour. So I take it with me to adoration. I'm on page 58 or day 58. It's not dated, which is beautiful. So it might be another four or five days when I get to day 59 and then another four days, day 60. So I'm really savoring it. It's going to take me longer than a year. But I just want to share with you some of the nuggets that um, I've just enjoyed pondering and learning so much about the Eucharist. So here's the first one. The first one is just a simple prayer. And sometimes the simplest, tiniest things can be such an aid in the spiritual life, right? And they they stick. And so this has been huge for me. When our mind wanders, you just need a simple phrase to bring us back to Jesus. And when we don't know what to say, these words can just say it all. And I got it from this book. Again, A Year with the Eucharist. I say this now all the time. Here's the quote. Lord Jesus, I unite my soul to yours in this most holy sacrament. Take me and my intentions to the throne of the Father. I say that now always in my thanksgiving after Holy Communion. Lord Jesus, I unite my soul to yours in this most holy sacrament. Take me and my intentions to the throne of the Father. Isn't that an awesome, beautiful image of thing that's all I need to say after communion in a sense? I want to unite my soul with yours in this most holy sacrament. And Lord, you already know all my intentions and you know me, but just take me and my intentions to the throne of the Father. That's what Jesus is doing for us in the Eucharist. Again, get this book if you can, A Year with the Eucharist, Paul Jerome Keller. But if not, if you just want to take this phrase, Lord Jesus, I unite my soul to yours in this most holy sacrament. Take me and my intentions to the throne of the Father. Petty, a few weeks ago, you made a comment about how sometimes the simplest prayers are the most beautiful. And today is certainly no exception to that. Thank you for this encouragement. 
Ave Regina Celorum. Hail, O Queen of Heaven enthroned, hail, thy angels mistress owned, root of Jesse, gate of morn, whence the world's true light was born. Glorious virgin joy to thee, loveliest whom in heaven they see. Fairest thou where all are fair, plead with Christ our sins to spare. Tomorrow morning, I actually thought it was this morning, uh, but it's tomorrow morning. I'm glad I looked at my calendar. I go to the doctor for my annual well visit. And I, in some ways, I'm looking forward to it. I'm establishing care with a new doctor. In other ways, I'm a little hesitant uh, just because I know I'm going to go and the doctor is going to say, you know, Adam, we, we did your labs last week and uh, these numbers look good. These numbers are kind of on the border there and you got some work to do. And I don't want to hear that I'm not doing everything great. I want I want to go in and be affirmed and be told, Adam, everything you're doing is great. When the reality is I, I got some things I could uh, be doing better in life. And how often do we do that? We, we just decide, well, I'm not, you know, it'd be easier. I won't go to the doctor. I won't go, and then he can't tell me that I'm not doing well, right? Friends, don't be like that in the spiritual life. I, I don't recommend it in the in the temporal life either, but especially in the spiritual life. If, if it's been a while that since you've been to confession because someone, you know, last time you went, Father said, well, you know, you got to work on these things here. Uh, he healed you. He gave you absolution. But he said you need to work on these things. When you go to that, that's the occasion of sin. Don't go, you know, avoid that occasion of sin. Avoid it. Don't be part of that. Step away. Turn around. Well, I don't want to hear that I'm not doing so great. So, you know, it'd be easier. I just won't go. No, that's not the winning formula, friends. Uh, You can put things off, but in the end, you know, the end of the day, one day, you and I, we're mortal. We're going to die. And we want to die in a state of grace because, as Louis just said, I want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. So let's make sure we are living a life of virtue and frequenting the sacraments, especially the Holy Eucharist, going for the grace that God freely offers. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church. Pray for us, St. Joseph, terror of demons. Pray for us in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, it's not complex. Go to Mass. Go to confession. Pray daily. Pray the rosary daily. Live a life of virtue and ask God for the grace to do it because you can't do it on your own, neither can I, and that's just okay. It's okay to ask God for help. We should do it each and every day. He's there wanting to help us. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven and pray your rosary today.